And I'm Jay. And this is the this part, is I, don't the part I don't get. <laughs> echo, echo, echo. <laughs> hey, we were more in sync that time than usual. Episode 41, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Episode yeah, 41. Last week we talked about, or two weeks ago, we talked about being over the hill. Yeah. Our little, our little silly little jokes. <laughs> <laughs> keep it comedy, keep it real. Yeah. So we just avoided a tornado. Yeah, I mean, I saw a few branches down, but nothing too crazy. I know. I was on my way to the chiropractor. I was like, like I don't know, maybe two minutes away. And I got like that message on my phone where it's like that really loud sound. Where it's like, I know. Ours, ours went off like four times. And then the thing on the TV came on. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't happen often enough for you to recognize what the sound is right away yeah like until you look at your phone and then you're like oh that's what it is yeah and then we pretty much like went back to what we were doing yeah <laughs> right you didn't well, seek shelter I, mean, I was in the basement so i was safe okay so you were following directions I, was, I think he fell asleep so you know <laughs> on the couch well but, i was getting adjusted oh okay you're during you're, that 30 minute your sacred sacrum <laughs> my 30 minute window my sacrum is finally finally starting to go back into position this today and yesterday were like the first days where I felt very little pain so I was super excited about that hopefully I don't do anything to my sacred sacrum um, anytime soon well the, the reason I was late is because um my food was late because someone stole my uber eats today oh from the restaurant yeah so I got a call from the guy that was supposed to pick it up and he's like someone picked up your food already. Are you aware of this? I was like, no. Like maybe he thought I went to pick up, pick it up. And Psych, I'm going to go get it myself. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no. And then he put me on speaker with the, the people at the restaurant. They're like, yeah, somebody came in and said, I'm here to pick up Jenny, my last initial <laughs> uh, food. And they showed their cell phone and then they grabbed the food and left. My guess is they probably just saw my name and were like, yeah, I'm here to pick up their food and just grabbed it and left. Oh, okay. Well, that was way smarter than like what I thought. I thought that they were like psychic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, how did they know her name? <laughs> like, how did they figure this shit out? But yeah, that's really smart. And then at one point I was like, did I accidentally order two or something? Because I could see myself doing that. But I even looked. And the Uber driver, I got to give him a good rating because he was or he was really cool. He like waited for them to remake it. I was like, oh, look, that's nice. you don't have to wait. You know, they'll assign it to somebody else. It's like, it's not your fault. And he's like, no, it's it's fine. I'll, I'll yeah. Wait. I was like, if you're already there, you might as well kind of thing, probably. Yeah, but, I, but you know, I don't know. He might have had other orders. So I hope he didn't you know, get bad ratings because of those. But, oh, yeah. I always yeah, watch, give them watch a good out. rating. Unless your... something crazy were to happen, what, what you know, of course you got to give them a good rating. Yeah. They're doing the thing that you don't want to be doing. I know, and he called me, and of course I saw a number I didn't know, so I ignored it, and then... Yeah, and then they call you again. <laughs> You're like, and then what? He call again. <laughs> what is going on? Why are they calling me again? That no, happens no. every time <laughs> I try and order soup at Chopped. Oh, really? They're like, we don't have any ladies. We don't have any, man. We don't have any. We're not called souped. We're called chopped. <laughs> um, that was my big event for the day. Yeah, I mean, that's because I was going to say, I was like, I, I have been in the position where an Uber person, where I physically went in to pick it up, and I said my name, and then they were like, oh, is this you? And then it was like somebody else's initial as the last yeah. name. And I was like, no, that's not me. This is not like, and it says, you know, like what you ordered. And the dude who had just come in right before me was an Uber Eats guy. And he had picked up mine because we had the same first name. So yeah, I see, thought it was going to be something like that. That's what I thought. I thought, okay, someone just picked up the wrong order by accident. But, but then they when said they your name. That they came in and said my name. That was really creepy. And then I'm like looking out the window like uh, this. 
is someone going to randomly come drop off this food that I didn't? <laughs> well, yeah, they, I mean, they wouldn't have had your address unless they were psychic, like I had thought. Well, and then I was like, well, did somebody hack into the system? I don't they know. They just really wanted some Chinese food. Hey, is... you know, if people are that hard up right now and they're stealing food, I'm not even going to, uh, you know, what, what can you do? Well, I actually thought about this the other day, like when I went to go pick up something in the store for a different place. And I was thinking it would be so easy for someone to just walk right in here and grab something and leave. You yeah. Know? Cause like, like for example, like Panera where they put it in that to go section and like, you know, no one's standing there. No one's looking. You could just yeah. go grab it and leave. And if you're confident enough. Yeah. You know. I mean, cause I'm confident enough when I grab my own food. So, I mean, I would assume that someone could just like go in there and easily take it. Um, and I was like, I wonder how often that happens, but yeah. I guess we found out the hard way today. I, I wonder if it's going to be happening more and more just with, you know, with things the way they are. I'm sure. I mean, if people, if people need food and that's an easy way to get it, I mean, I could see it happening. I just yeah. hope it's not some jerk who could totally afford the food. Yeah, just who's just it. like, you know what? <laughs> I, I want some sushi tonight. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope it's like someone who actually needs it. Ooh, do you but hear that rain? I can't hear anything now. I can only oh, okay. hear you. <laughs> I'm going to have to turn up the volume on this thing. <laughs> um, so I think it's my turn. Yes. To go first. And I am going to start us off with an email. Yay. Email. Woo. Okay. So this one was from a fan named Andy. And he asked, um, where does the term, I won't read the email because it's so short. Where does the term 86 come from? Like, let me 86 this. Um, yeah, I... I recently heard that when I was watching uh, Vanderpump Rules, and I'd never heard it before. Well, maybe he was watching Vanderpump Rules, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. So no one actually knows for sure where it comes from uh, to answer the question, but there are a couple of theories, and um, and I'll just say those theories. Well, do you want to so, explain to people what it what people use yes, it? Yes, I was about to. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> So 86 is basically like a slang term for um, saying that you're like nixing something, that you're getting rid of something or someone. Um, so let me 86 this old soda can when it's empty and put it in the recycling bin kind of situation. Mm -hmm. um, so the restaurant business in the 1930s was apparently one of the main contributors for the usage of this term. Um, and uh, they think that it was initially used um, as a way of like the kitchen saying when something was like old and needed to be thrown away um and like when the kitchen was just getting rid of something but it eventually evolved into like a barcode um so that they knew when to like cut someone off when they had been drinking too much um or when someone was rude or if they didn't have enough money and they think that that was because like up until the 1980s, whiskey came in a hundred or 86% proof. Uh -huh. um, so when a bartender noticed that someone had drank, had, had had too much, um, they, of the hundred proof, they would scale it back and serve them 86 proof. <laughs> oh um, yeah, that's so much better. I know. But then it also could potentially have been like a code to like, you know, let, let's cut this person off. Let's 86 that guy at the end of the bar kind of situation. And then um, similarly, there was around prohibition era. And for any of us who don't know what prohibition is, is when drinking was illegal in the United States. Um, there was a bar, which would have been basically essentially a speakeasy because it would have been illegal to be drinking there. But they still had like establishments like this but they you know of course to the public claimed that they weren't serving alcohol but everybody knew that they were and they would often get raided by the police and there was this bar called Chumley's apparently in New York City and it was located on 86th Street um, so when like the police would come and raid this location it said that um the police would call and tell the bartender ahead of time to kind of like tip him off that he should 86 his customers, which meant that the raid was about to happen and that they should exit via 86th street. 
um, like, and they have like this really specific like door that they would go out and entrance like on a, you know, so it got kind of technical. Um, I guess they had multiple exits so that they could do this, so they could avoid the police. And then the last and final possibility, um, which I think is the flimsiest possibility um, or theory rather, is that um, it has to do with like how you would potentially be buried. Um, they say like, quote, the last time you can be 86 might be when you are put under the ground. And most standard graves are eight feet long and six feet deep. Hmm. Okay. So I think that that just happens to be a coincidence. I don't think that that I, I think I, one is most likely, right? I think? think it probably is just the restaurant business versus restaurant bars and it's happening around the 30s, around prohibition. It's got to come from there. So those are the potential possibilities. So I hope that answered your question, Andy. So now my topic. <laughs> I have been <laughs> wanting to do this topic for a very long time, but I have, in all honesty, I've been too lazy to do the topic because I knew it would require like actual reading. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like paying attention for longer than, I don't know, <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> so, um, but I've always been really fascinated by this and maybe, um, you might have experienced this. I'm, this is one of the few things I think I don't know about you. Um, but my topic is sleepwalking Oh. and like, what makes us sleepwalk and like, what is that? <laughs> have you ever slept, slept walk, I guess? Um, I remember in when the Olympics were on like when I was really young and it was gymnastics, I, I guess I'd been sleeping in my mom's room and I got up and she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm, I'm doing my gymnastics routine. <laughs> uh, and then I just like walked in and went to the bathroom. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, like I, I walked into the bathroom and then just went back to bed. <laughs> um, but That's summer team. Huh? That's some, that's hey, some routine. That's, that's a 10 right there. I mean, <laughs> perfect squatting. <laughs> Balancing beam, the vault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's the only thing I'd never heard of with me sleep. sleep okay. How about you? I'm know. pretty sure that I've done it once and I'm pretty sure I ate ice cream in the middle <laughs> of the night. <laughs> Are you sure you were asleep? Which, as anyone who knows me, is very like fitting part of my personality. I ate all of your mom's ice cream whenever <laughs> I was over at your house when I was younger. Um, and you would like, say, "What? I'm a fat person." <laughs> that's like my biggest vice. Ice cream is number oh. one biggest vice for me. I, I hear you. It doesn't matter how cold it is outside; it could be two degrees. Let's my brother have, was the same way. He's let's have some ice cream, man. Yeah. And I don't care if I'm sick. It doesn't matter. My husband's like, if you don't feel well, you shouldn't be eating them. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> it helps um, my throat. <laughs> yeah, it does. So there was one time where like the top of like the ice cream container was like left off or something. And like, I knew it wasn't me. I was like, I didn't do this. And like, there was a whole bunch of it missing. Um, and, and I was like, this is not me. So I always kind of secretly theorized that I had eaten it in the middle of, in my sleep, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh, okay. No one else no, talked no to one it. confirmed it. No one confirmed, but I've always kind of thought if there was one time where it did happen, this was the time, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's my theory, but I don't know if it's actually true. So I got a lot of my information from the sleepfoundation.org. Um, that's a good site. So I, I figured it was pretty legit. Uh, so sleepwalking, formerly known as somnambulism, is a behavior disorder that originates during deep sleep and results in walking or performing other complex behaviors while still mostly sleeping. Uh, it's more common in children than adults, and I knew that to be true. And it is more likely to occur if a person has a family history of sleepwalking is sleep deprived or is prone to repeated nighttime awakenings. 
Um, one long-term study found that 29% of children from the ages of two to 13 experienced sleepwalking with a peak in, in incidence between ages 10 and 13. In adults, it goes, it goes down to 4%. I think 29% of children is pretty darn high. Yeah, that is a lot. Uh, I think that's a lot. Yeah, like that's, that's more than left-handed people. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, I can't think of any other statistic off the top of my head, but um, it's a lot. Uh, so, and they think that has a lot to do with like the way that your brain is developed. Your brain isn't fully formed yet when you're a child. So they think that that could have something to do with it too. That makes sense. Uh, during an episode, a person may have open, glassy eyes with bl a blank look on their face. Oh, that's so creepy. And they're minimally responsive. Um, but they could, but they can talk. Um, so apparently you could too. You're I, I just keep thinking of my fiance every time I walk in and wake him up. <laughs> He's just kind of looking around. <laughs> <laughs> when you haven't fully like. But it's, it is hard to tell if he's awake or not. I mean, but his eyes are always like, like, it's like he goes from being asleep to like really awake, but he's not actually awake. He just looks like it. Like he looks really alert, but he's like. Wait, is he a sleepwalker? No, he doesn't sleepwalk, oh. but he, like, I've had a few conversations with him. <laughs> without knowing it <laughs> oh your old college roommate used to do that too remember we could ask her oh, yeah. questions we could ask her questions and she would like respond and my cousin who i lived with for a while she could do that too it was so funny it was hilarious <laughs> i remember doing that i mean like or how are you doing yeah i like um, messing with them <laughs> But despite like the name of sleepwalking, you don't, it, you don't actually have to just walk. There are all kinds of other things that people do. They can like running, routine oh. activities, getting like getting dressed or brushing your teeth. So for you going to the bathroom, moving furniture, some engage in sexual behavior, which is called sexomnia, which is a whole other topic. Wow. Uh, urinating in inappropriate places <laughs> because a lot of times they think the bathroom's there, but it's oh, not. Okay. And we've all yeah. heard those college stories. Um, <laughs> Although it's usually involved alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And, and alcohol could potentially be suppressing parts of your brain as an adult that kind of almost like reverts you almost like you're childlike. I've heard of instances where people who used to sleepwalk as children, and then when they're an adult, they take certain types of medication and then they start sleepwalking again as an adult. So different, it's, it's, your brain has a lot to do with the reason why you sleepwalk. So less often behaviors are like violent behaviors and um, things that are super, super complicated that involve lots of processes like driving and things like that. Um, but they, they have been known to happen. Uh, so people have done those things. They say that the episodes can last for a few seconds to half an hour. The average time is about 10 minutes. The person may return to bed and go back to sleep on their own, or they may like wake up confused while they're still out of bed. Mm. A key symptom of sleepwalking is that the person never remembers um, when they wake up. So if they do remember, they're faking it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like what you were telling me about um, disassociative disorders oh, yeah. and multiple personalities. <laughs> uh, so that makes it really hard to figure out who is and is not sleepwalking because they can't remember. And it's really relying on other people to tell them that they've done it. So that's why it could potentially be more people that are sleepwalkers, but we just don't know it. Because uh, who's watching you when you're, uh, well, that's creepy. Um, but hopefully no one is watching you while you're sleeping. And perhaps maybe that's why, like, we have more percentages on children too, because like parents are usually still kind of up sometimes after kids go to bed. And like, like, for example, in your case, your mom was up, she's watching those Olympics. You know, she's, she's getting those. <laughs> I guess Olympics I just woke her up. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, maybe you woke her up. Watching that routine. <laughs> So another common thing is that uh, they typically, like the, the episodes typically occur during the first, this is, this was like a hard thing for me to understand what they were trying to say. The first third or half of the night, 
Um, so towards the beginning of the evening, I'm guessing, uh, when a person tends to spend a higher percentage in, in deep REM sleep stages. So the reason why I really wanted to do this topic was because of all the times you've heard of people using sleepwalking as a defense yeah. in yeah. court cases. And I wanted to do like a little bit of that and see like some, like what's the deal with that and have people actually gotten off from using sleep, uh, sleepwalking as their criminal defense. I know. So I find that really fascinating. I do too. Cause like, how do you prove it? Like, yeah, it's like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Only unless you had, unless they were being filmed, you know? Yeah. But know. yeah, that's true. Even that, like, I don't know if that would even, prove. I don't even know if that would prove it. Yeah. So quote, if you look at the media reports that there appears to be an upsurge in the use of the sleepwalking defense, end quote, says Michael Kramer Borneman of the Minnesota Regional Sleep Disorder Center of Minneapolis. Uh, for example, in the 90s, a 23-year-old Toronto man with a wife and infant daughter suffering from severe insomnia caused by joblessness and gambling debts woke up in the middle of the night. He was still asleep. He got in his car, drove 14 miles to his in-law's home. He stabbed his mother-in-law to death, um, who he actually really loved, and she called him a gentle giant. Uh, and he tried to kill his father-in-law and then he drove to the police and then said, quote, I think I have killed some people. And then he realized that he had like all these like severe cuts on his hands. So that was an example of someone who tried to use sleepwalking defense. I believe he got off because they, they said in the article that I was reading that he was still asleep. Uh, that is crazy. Yeah, like uh, how did they? How were they able to prove that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe because he had no real episodes of violence prior to this, and he had insomnia. Yeah. Maybe because the father-in-law survived, and he could attest to the fact that oh, maybe he thought yeah, that maybe. he was uh, still yeah. asleep. That's rough when it's somebody that you actually like and care about. And like, cause I think you were the one that told me that like, when you kill someone in their, in your dream, that means that you actually like them or like when you're dreaming, like when something, when you do something to someone in your dream, that means you have like intense feelings for them or something like that. So for like, un I think I've heard like unfinished like business or something. Well, that's ghosts too. That's but ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think it's true for dreams too. We're getting our wires crossed here. Yeah. I don't know about that. So in 2009, a British man named Brian Thompson also appeared in court on a murder charge after he strangled his own wife to death as they slept in their camper van. He claimed that he thought he was fighting off intruders during a dream or while he was still sleeping. And the prosecution uh, withdrew the charges after three psychiatrists testified that locking him up would serve no useful purpose because they believed he really was asleep or at the very least dreaming. The judge said that Thomas bore no responsibility for his actions and then they found that he had a genuine sleep disorder. But um, the guy I quoted, or yeah, the guy I quoted before worries that this defense is and will be misused in other future cases. Yeah. Uh, I got one last quote, quote, our judgment is off and our ability to act out emotionally is on, uh, end quote, says Rosalind Cartwright of the Sleep Disorder Service and Research Center in Chicago. So like that is what's happening in your brain when you're asleep. And she believes a confirmed diagnosis of sleepwalking would make a strong defense in court. But she says better tests are needed to establish who has a genuine sleep disorder. This took me down all kinds of rabbit holes. <laughs> um, that's the end of like what I was able to figure out. But they have done, they've done some actual studies that are, they're trying to find ways to prove when people are and are not sleepwalking. And they were doing these tests using sound and like people would react when they, with the specific type of sound. And it was just like, 
low. Like there was a lot of information, um, but essentially nothing has been made so far, uh, you know, to, to say that, you know, that that re so no one can really prove that you've been sleepwalking yet. But if psychiatrists are testifying in your defense and people who are like sleep disorder specialists, I'm assuming that they're just looking for like traits and things that are common, you know, and I'm assuming they're probably going to like interview these people and see like what they're saying to try yeah. and root out whether or not they're making it up. Yeah, I mean, they have their license on the line here. They're not going to be like, yeah, they're, I said, like, you have to be really sure about what you're talking about and have a yeah. lot of research to yeah so that was mine all that, right well that, that was, was my topic that was interesting i think we're both in a similar uh wavelength here because i'm also doing a type of i guess well disorder <laughs> <laughs> i was inspired by a show we we used to watch uh a long time ago and uh recently watched is it obsessed the other close uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, hoarding. So yeah, my topic is uh, hoarding disorder. Okay. Uh, I recently uh, got in a huge hoarding sh show binge. Yeah. Like or a few I, months ago, I yeah. could not stop watching. I, don't, I know. No, George had it on, and it was, I guess it was Hoarders on A&E. I don't know. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was, and like all of a sudden, I was just sitting there watching it, and like. It really draws you in. Oh, my God. But like. And the it's family dynamics. Only, it's sad, but it's also like funny at the same time. <laughs> like I, the, you know how I am where I get like. Depend, depending on the story. Well, it's like, you know how I laugh at stuff that's like inappropriate. Um, because it makes you uncomfortable, probably. <laughs> well, you know how I laugh at like puking and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are there, a 10 year old boy. Yes, I am. That's my sense of humor. But there was like this. You know, this woman, oh, it was just awful. I mean, there was mice and cockroaches everywhere. Oh. These people had on hazmat suits and like these people, these people went and cleaned it out, this professional company. And I'm only imagining the kind of things that they've seen before. And she was like, you know, it shows her saying like, oh, it doesn't smell that bad. And then the next scene mm -hmm. is one of the trash men like dry heaving. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Well, you know, they cut that. You know they edited know, that. I know, but it was like, <laughs> it was so perfectly edited. Bay, I've been thinking about this like every day at work. Like it <laughs> randomly come to my mind and I'll start giggling. <laughs> it's like you're just laughing at the edit A&E editing at this point. But yeah, yeah no, like <laughs> I know what you mean. It's cause like, if you think about it, like it, this is entertaining to watch. So what does that say? Like you're watching somebody who's like having like a literal breakdown yeah um, it's, it's like so, a car crash it's, it's so you crazy just can't look away everyone else is in one world and they are in their own complete the other know. world so this woman her daughter brings out this dead copperhead snake and she's wow. crying and she's like mom we found this in your room do you realize this could have killed you and the mother's like oh no it's you know like oh the cat dragged it there's something like and and this 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 poor daughter's just crying and the mom is like, yeah. <laughs> and the therapist is there trying to be like, you know, do you do you understand that this is like not normal? I mean they don't Are say Are you talking like about that. the blonde haired lady? Uh she's like thin, she has like a like a oh, very high like Yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about it, but I think this might have been a newer season because I didn't recognize the people. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's weird. They come in all dressed up, and I'm like, why are you coming? I know. In they do. You're right. They've got their hair done, their makeup, their and it, yeah. I'm like, I'd be in construction boots. I know, right? Some sneakers at the very least. And some breathing apparatus. <laughs> like, oh, you gotta have learned by now, but, but yeah. Um, so, anyway, hoarding disorder is in the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the fifth edition that, um, that is put out by, um, I believe, the American Psychological Association. Um, so it is kind of in its own class of mental illness. It used okay. to be considered a type of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, okay. but, and there are a lot of similarities, but they, and a lot of people that have one might have the other, but they're not necessarily the same. Um, so they define it as a persistent 
difficulty discarding or parting with possessions regardless of their actual value. This difficulty is due to perceived need to save the items and to the distress associated with discarding them. So, um, oops, pop up. <laughs> so these items typically clutter the living spaces and keep the person from using their rooms or spaces as they were intended. These items cause distress or problems in day-to-day -day activities. Um, symptoms of compulsive hoarding, they have difficulty getting rid of items that are of no use to the individual. Um, clutter, obviously. <laughs> uh, refusing to invite friends, family, or any repair people over to the house because they're embarrassed. Um, they're unable to refrain from taking free items such as sugar packets. <laughs> they use That's super specific. I know. Or like sugar packets. It's free. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm I'm guilty of that. I have equal packets like everywhere in my purse. I'm like I might need this for my coffee. <laughs> Uh, and then flyers was another example. I guess if they see a flyer, I, I don't know. They just, <laughs> you never know when you may need that information. Exactly. Um, they have a tendency to buy things in order to quote stock up or because they are quote a bargain. Um, when, you know, kind of, kind of like that show extreme couponing really, but they're yeah. little about it. <laughs> Um, so why can't they just throw them away, you ask? <laughs> yes, I did. I asked that I mentally. I could feel it. I could feel it. <laughs> People with hoarding disorder, they have exceptionally strong, positive feelings when, when they get any sort of new item, um, more than the average person. Um, and on the flip side of that, they have extremely negative feelings such as guilt, fear, or ang anger at just the thought of getting rid of any of their possessions. So for them, it's, it's much stronger than like, you know, I'm just going to throw this away. I don't need it anymore. It's, it's like so much more goes into it. Even like the littlest piece of paper or something that everyone else just sees as like, this is just trash. Like they just, they put like, way more uh, thought into it, basically. They have, this goes without saying, but they have difficulty organizing. Uh, my guess is probably much more than the average person. Um, and this was interesting. They put, uh, they put feelings towards inanimate objects, which is another topic we've done on, that you've done on the show. I think. Yeah. Yeah, so well, they have- Well, I've done it in multiple ways with, with toys. Yes. And then also romantic feelings. <laughs> yeah, so there might be some, some overlap there. We're like two of my old uh, topics there. I do not have romantic feelings towards inanimate objects, just in case if you haven't listened to that episode, <laughs> I just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> I don't know. I see those trolls in the background. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's a perfect example of something I can't get rid of. And I have no reason to keep these things. Oh. Well, I mean, I, I, and I do think, you know, like we all probably have done that with, you know, having feelings toward inanimate objects just because they might have sentimental value. Yeah. You and uh, I talked about like, like that scene in Toy Story where you guys to give oh. away like the toys and how it's like so heartbreaking. You're like, oh my God, you just give away the teddy bear. I know. Um, and then like, you can't help but think in the back of your mind, what if they secretly have feelings? Right? <laughs> I mean, they got little smiley faces. <laughs> Clearly, they're happy. I know. What if, that, what if that smile turns into a frown? You know, <laughs> we're not looking. <laughs> it's possible. What if they come back? <laughs> Why'd you throw me <laughs> away? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's I'm 33, almost 34, and I still I still like teddy bears. I'll admit it. <laughs> they're cute. Okay, and. Anyway, I'm going to stop. Um, <laughs> so I, I was, one, one thing I was really interested in about people with hoarding disorders, like what the demographic was, because oh, yeah. I, Good point. there really wasn't much out about hoarding as much as I thought, to be honest. On the show, it always seems like upper middle age to senior white. Yes, that's kind of what I know. Females, I feel yeah. like more often than men, but I could just be making that up. Yeah, I noticed that too. Mostly women, mostly white, mostly like, yeah, older, 
like retirement age because they've had more time to collect that hoard i love when they call it a hoard because that's the same thing really quick that's the same thing they call the mass of zombies in the walking dead um when it's like the large group oh really especially in in the recent seasons they're like the horde i'm going to unleash the horde on you (laughs) (laughs) and they're like the horde is coming for us (laughs) it's like this massive it's like a massive group of zombies all collected together the horde (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's funny um so hoarding usually actually starts in the teenage years but people don't seek treatment until they're over 50. Um, I didn't get any statistics about gender or race or anything, but I think we can use the hoarding show as kind of a case study. (laughs) (laughs) And just go they're most likely female. Either that or um, they, one statistic did find that they are usually, uh, they usually live alone. Oh, yeah, it's because no one else can handle it. What's that? It's because nobody else can handle it. I feel so bad in the show when, like, their spouse is just, like, being taken over because of their horde. And, like, they're being put out so heavily because they just, like, love the person and they can't give the person up. And then, you know, obviously a lot of marital issues come with that. Right. This one I saw her husband had some sort of, like, brain injury or something so they ended up having to put him in like an assisted living facility because i think i might have seen that one too oh really (laughs) it was the one that was on the other day so maybe there was one where it was three like there were two brothers and one like really close friend and they all lived really close to each other and they were all three hoarders it was nuts i could not believe it and two of them were married and I was just like, this is insane. And then I saw one where this woman had three properties and all of them were filled. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And it's just crazy how they're like the woman I saw, she's like, I don't really think of it as hoarding. I'm, I'm not really a hoarder. Like they're all in such denial. And like, yeah, like she had, this woman had, oh God, this was disgusting. She had a bowl of cockroaches that she, she was hoarding the cockroaches, basically. Ew. From all the, the nasty, you know, all the nasty stuff she had. And, and she's just like, yeah, I just kind of keep them here because I'm too lazy to throw them away. <laughs> like, she just like laughs, like she's so nonchalant about it. Like it does not face, didn't face her at all. Yeah. Well, think but, about how long you have to live in that space before you normalize something like that. Like oh, the smell. Like they don't smell it anymore. Yeah. And, and then they, um, like the, the daughter started trying to clean out the fridge because there was rotting food and the mom got so mad. She was like, she, she kept like trying to slam the door, like the frid- refrigerator door on her daughter. Oh, and then she just like walked out. Yeah, it was, it was rough, but, um, so anyway, they, and this comes out on the show too, sometimes have experienced some sort of trauma that, yeah over to the you know edge of this amount of hoarding like yeah one one that i saw her her daughter was murdered oh that's terrible yeah and they interviewed her son who said you know she's always been a hoarder but it definitely like got way worse it got worse yeah yeah um and serious hoarding usually affects anywhere from one in 50 people to they think it might be more like one in 20 people so I noticed this a lot when I worked on the psych unit when we had older patients, um, especially after, like, you know, if they were living alone, like, we would talk to the family and they'd be like, they are living in, like, deplorable conditions. And, mm-hmm. they, and I think some of that comes with, like, dementia and other stuff. Yeah. Definitely not just, like, you know. Yeah. Like, when your ability to take care of yourself declines a little bit, then. Yeah. If you're not going to take care of yourself, or even if you wanted to, you just don't have the ability to take care of yourself, then how are you going to take care of that area that you live in? Yeah, it's almost like, it seems like it kind of keeps them company in a way. Like Mm -hmm. maybe having a filled up house just like doesn't make them feel as lonely. I saw on the on the show a lot of the times it seems like a lot of them like didn't have things when they were younger and they're kind of making up for that. Or maybe they lost things when 
um, there was like a fire or maybe they had to move a lot when they were a kid and stuff like that. So they're like making up for the things that they've either lost or couldn't have. Yeah. That seemed very common. And then when people die, they hold on to things that they, you know, attribute, like you said, I can see that. Yeah. Sentimental value even though that person, if they were still alive, probably wouldn't really care about that little Christmas. Right, they'd be like, throw that shit away. (laughs) 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 But it's it's ironic because, like, the people that, you know, lost things in a fire, like, now they have a huge fire hazard in their house. Yes, exactly. And I've seen ones where the horde literally, uh, like, breaks their house because it's too heavy. Damn. Like... Like, it's literally condemning their own home because it's too heavy. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I saw, like, one thing about, like, these two guys that, like, basically were found dead, like, in their, in their horde. Like, it was a long time ago. But, yeah, they're, I don't know, like, they somehow died in the horde. <laughs> Maybe they got buried alive or something. It's possible. Yeah. Or if but- you, like, break something and then you can't call for help yeah that's true you can't escape um so i i wanted to find like a list of the craziest things people have hoarded but i could i couldn't find it was kind of depressing it was mostly like animals i can Um, give you one from the show the woman hoarded like rats yeah see that i was like that's just fucking gross and they didn't have cages they just lived in the house everywhere and like she bought them or yeah and i think she started out with two and then they breeded and then she just let them roam all over the home that was the craziest one i think i've seen so i i actually i found a a list of the strangest things people have collected okay um, so it's important to note that you know my the source i used was the international ocd foundation they said collecting and hoarding are two different things because people who collect are actually proud of the things that they Co- the collect and hoard, people that hoard you know they they are embarrassed and ashamed of i can it. see that distinction yeah and usually obviously with collections it's kind of narrowed down to like maybe one one thing yeah like a theme yeah and hey it might have monetary value i actually think collecting is really cool like i love watching those shows too yeah you know, they're like the extreme collectors i love watching those yeah. shows like that gingerbread <laughs> lady oh my gosh oh, you know, like the people that yeah <laughs> Like, wasn't there, or like, I think that was on my crazy obsession. There was a woman that loved carrots. <laughs> it was amazing. I, you told me about that, but I didn't see yeah. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was like a gingerbread equivalent. And then she had her trailer decorated like a freaking gingerbread house. <laughs> and it was the cutest thing. She was so happy. She was like crying. She was so happy. Oh, but we have a friend who collects Pez, so, or used to. So that was pretty. Yeah. Well, I've got my little trolls up here. Yes, and you have... Yeah, my elephants, but nowhere near am I, like, show-worthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No Guinness book right here. No. Um, so anyway, uh, Joseph Cesari, he collects miniature books. Didn't even know those were a thing. Um, he, he has... 5,200 miniature books. Wow. Collected since 1972. This was one of the most interesting. Martin Parr is from the UK, and he he collects Osama bin Laden memorabilia. What? (laughs) Didn't know that was a thing either. I didn't Uh, know that was a thing either. And he even has Osama bin Laden toilet paper. Oh my gosh. He's actually a photographer, and there was like a video about him, but I, I don't know how he, I forget how he got into, I, I guess it was after 9-11 and there just started being, you know, different things with the Osama Bin Laden. I know, but he's not exactly like a family friendly kind of character that you want to put on your shelf. like him, but it, it was more, I, I the things he I saw. loves to hate him or? Well, the thing I saw that he had was like an American Eagle, you know, like with Osama in his mouth. So maybe it was like, <laughs> Yeah, it was like a statue type thing, but I don't know. We'll have to post some some of that. I'll post it on on Facebook if I can find some more examples. Um, the guy with the most sex dolls is Bob Gibbons, who has two hundred forty sex dolls. Oh my goodness gracious, that is a lot. 
And believe it or not, he's married. <laughs> That's one for almost every day of the year. He's, she, the wife's probably like, well, bless I have to do. <laughs> um, Charlotte Lee of Seattle has over 5,000 rubber duckies. You got to get a big pond for those little ducks. <laughs> and she's a Guinness World Record holder. Um, oh, this is a good one. Carl McCoy has 21 tattoos of Miley Cyrus or Miley Cyrus related. Oh my goodness. Really? Yeah, he's a fan. He can't be tamed, if you will. No. <laughs> I can't uh, be tamed. <laughs> um, oh God, this name I'm not going to get right. Jian Yang of Singapore has more than 6,000 Barbies. Wow. And he says, you know, that women get don't like it and they're intimidated by or something about them being jealous i'm like i don't think that's why they're off put by that <laughs> <laughs> um this is my favorite uh and i really think your husband would appreciate this uh costas schuler he's a graphic designer from california he has over ten thousand pens and he used the pens to decorate the outside of his car um i'll have to post this as well because it's it, it sounds weird, but it's kind of cool. Like he, he put them in this design on his car and it actually made it look really cool. He like, I guess he like super glued them all. What's to, his name? Uh, Coast, uh, where'd it go? Costas Schuler. Okay. And it's pens. Yeah. He has over 10,000. He calls it his Mercedes pens. Oh, I see it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. And he has pen cups on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I just hope people see it and, and it'll make their make them happy. Oh, it's <laughs> like, yeah, we could stare at it all the time. I wasn't really expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, maybe it'll give your, your husband some, uh, some inspiration because I know he likes to decorate his cars as well. <laughs> he used um, to, yes. <laughs> There's a lady named Becky Martz who, <laughs> who has over 8,000 uh, banana labels. You know, the little like Chiquita yep. label that I always end up like. That's so interesting. My what? Oh my Why? God, I literally have one right here, actually. Oh, it's not a, it's, I think it's like a nectarine label. <laughs> <laughs> I should start a collection since I collect them anyway. And she, I, I looked at her website like, <laughs> First of all, this website was like done in like 2001, but she like, she, she's like each, each label, you know, one country will have a, a different label that says something else. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're yeah, from I around mean, the world. Cool. Yeah. So she, she puts them on a little piece of paper and then she takes a picture and then she has it like alphabetized. So, you, I mean, she definitely, uh, definitely is dedicated i'll give her that putting the, putting the time in yeah yeah uh zach hample has collected seven thousand one hundred game balls from 50 different um major league baseball stadiums so that is probably worth some good money right there <laughs> and he's even written books on how to how to snag a, a baseball at a Oh, really? Is there? I, well, I mean, I guess there probably is some sort of a technique. To uh, I'm sure he's he's learned it. I mean, my thing, my guess would be get there early and make friends with the staff. <laughs> oh. Um, and then the the last one is Dieter Cash. He has collected over 1,760 airplane spoons from 447 airlines over the past 13 years. Which I thought, like, when I go on an airplane, I thought it was just a plastic spoon. But the, on his website, they were all, like, metal spoons. Really? Yeah. And he, I he, wouldn't, I would think that that would be, like, especially after 9-11, like, yeah. people wouldn't be doing well, it's not. Yeah, a lot of them were, like, older, like, from, I think he had one back from, like, the 30s. So I don't know how one obtains an airplane spoon, but. Collector's I, item? Yeah, yeah people collect everything quite but. literally for his collection yeah i mean yeah, she, people really do collect everything that right there the the banana stickers proves it all i i do find it like it is cute though because it's like you kind of appreciate stupid little things that most people would just throw out your sleeve. Well, you have your ticket stubs that's true 
but a lot of people do that. I'm not. I am just shocked that you of all people are collecting ticket stubs. Excuse me. What I that? just like for you to like take the effort to save it, not throw it away, and then put it in a, in a designated location. I'm just so surprised that you've been keeping that up for so long. You just do it once and you're like, well, I already did it. I might as well keep doing it. <laughs> a, lot of them, a lot of them did get like at, stuck in my purse for a while. And then the, the writing would kind of wear off a little. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's it like, is really cool. I mean, obviously I haven't gone to one lately. And I know the next movie so. we go to, that's the tickets that you got to save. Oh my God. Yeah. It might be like a drive-in at, at this rate, but, but yeah, um, it's, it's really fun to look back because, well, you know, my memory, I'm like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I <had a> <laughs> and so, and yeah, so it is, it is fun and you can, I guess, hopefully show it to your kids one day. <laughs> They'll be like, I don't give a crap. <laughs> probably won't it'll be like little like, pieces what, of paper what's a movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> what's a movie theater? yeah that's true who knows if movie theaters will be around when i don't yeah i don't know but yeah so that's pretty much my topic all right it was funny because i was googling for pictures for instagram and i immediately saw the chiquita banana oh really your lady <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was like holding a bunch of bananas. well her website she is, is eat <laughs> beckymarts.com oh well that's specific she must eat like a banana a day yeah it said she had to eat a lot of um banana bread but it also said that this is just a little bit too ridiculous that she would literally buy the bananas take the sticker and give the bananas back <laughs> why not just take the sticker oh i guess they need the sticker to scan it i guess yeah i guess it's yeah it's feeling i don't know I mean, she's, it's she's a, a sticker. Good, she's a good-hearted person. She oh, wants, yeah, clearly. She or give is. It to a, I guess you can't really give it to a shelter because it's... You can give it to a food bank, probably. Well, it's perishable, so I don't know. I know, but if that's like the day that someone's picking it up... Yeah. I bet you they want that banana. But, uh... Or you could mash it and make some baby food for people. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, clearly this woman has time on her hands, so... I know, that's true. If you, you got this whole website going, yeah, that's right yeah well that was a lovely topic to end us off <laughs> i'll be thinking about chiquita banana lady for a while now <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> so uh check us out on instagram and this is the part i don't get email us much like our emailer in the beginning of the episode um mm -hmm. at the part i don't get at gmail.com and check out our facebook at this is the part i don't get all right. All right. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.